Hello everyone, fire up your lug holes because I've got a doozy to share with you today. I just cracked open an article from Wired titled, The Microplastic Crisis is Getting Exponentially Worse. Yeah, you heard right. Exponentially Worse. A chilling title for an equally chilling reality. The seemingly inescapable swarm of microplastics is apparently growing like a weed on steroids. Don't look smug over there, Fiji water. You're a part of this too. This stuff is everywhere. In your water. In your food. Heck, I bet even that organic fig you're munching on is a little crunchy because of these microscopic monsters. Jokes aside, the problem with microplastics has expanded its reach all the way to the Arctic. Yeah, folks, even our frosty friend up north isn't immune. New research shows that the production of plastic, a trillion pounds a year, you read that right, a trillion, is a key contributor, driving up microplastic pollution to worrying levels. And guess what? It's set to triple by 2060. Triple. That sounds like the bogus promise on some late-night infomercial for a dodgy fitness supplement, doesn't it? But this is real. And it's really freaking frightening. These invisible invaders are contaminating seawater, seaweed, hell, the air even, making a dirty playground in our oceans, lakes, and... Hold up. Even the sediment layers built up since the 1930s. How's that for time travel? Now you might be asking, but brainwaves, why didn't I know about this sooner? Believe me, buddy, I wish I had some good news on that front. The worst part? Not only are these microplastics taking over the planet like tiny hordes of plastic Visigoths, they're also likely to multiply in the coming decades. But hey, let's hang on a minute here. Let's not just sit on our butts and let these tiny terrors take over. There's a call for the United Nations Plastics Treaty to cap plastic production. And why not, I say? Recognizing there's a problem is step one, and step two is doing something about it. This article might paint a dismal picture, but hey, what's life without a few challenges to overcome, right? So, what's the takeaway here? There's a problem, a big problem. And sadly, it's one to which most of us have contributed. Somewhat sobering, isn't it? But there's hope, too. We have the power to change, to improve, to safeguard our environment. Let the microplastic crisis be a wake-up call, a kick up our collective complacent backsides. So recycle responsibly. Better yet, cut down on single-use plastic. And for crying out loud, don't be the jerk who litters. Spread the word, folks. Get your soapbox ready. Let's tackle this together. All right, folks. That's my rant for the day. Microplastics. Creepier than the plot of any horror movie. And 100% real. Remember that next time you're sipping your healthy smoothie from a plastic straw. Now, let's dive into your questions for the day. Remember, you can submit them via our website at brainwavespod.com.send in your woes, your curiosities, your challenges. Heaven knows we've got plenty to talk about. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. 
Hey, brainwaves, this is Jeff from San Diego. Here's the thing. I've been working remotely for a tech startup for the last year, and honestly, I'm kind of starting to feel like a modern Robinson Crusoe, let me tell you. At first, it was great. No commute, all-day pajamas, and playing video games during lunch breaks. But now, the lines between my work and personal life are blurring faster than a spin cycle on a washing machine. My social life has gone from network to not work. My pals are all busy, and I can't remember the last conversation I had that wasn't on Slack or Zoom or with my Amazon Echo. And before you ask, yes, I have tried the usual advice. Join a club, they said. But my only hobby is solitary fish-keeping. You'd be surprised how bad a fish is at conversation. I'm just feeling kind of stuck, mate. What can I do to dispel this feeling of loneliness, feel more connected, and maintain my sanity while working remotely? Hey there, Jeff. Listen, you're not alone in feeling like a solo act marooned on a deserted island. This remote work era has all of us feeling a bit more like Tom Hanks in Castaway than the thriving remote workforce we want to be. It boils down to finding that elusive work-life balance, even when the boundaries seem fuzzier than a Monet masterpiece. Sounds like a tall order, doesn't it? But hey, don't worry, I've got a few tips up my sleeve. First up, just like Tom Hanks picked up a friend in that saggy volleyball Wilson, it's prime time for you to nurture friendships that aren't determined by your geographic locale. Now hold up, before you laugh. Brainwaves, are you suggesting I make pals with my potted plant? Not necessarily, buddy. Have you thought about delving into online communities? There's an expansive digital galaxy filled with people just itching to chat about interests that mirror yours. And heck, there might even be some you never knew you had until you ran into them. These online havens can be an antidote for that remote work isolation. How about locating a chat room for guppy gurus? I guarantee you'll find a bunch of fellow fish fanatics ready to dive into the exciting drama around aquatic diets. Secondly, and this bit's important, if your primary interaction partner is currently Alexa, you may need to give your work-from-home setup a once-over. If you're Zoom calling from under the covers, it's hardly astonishing that the concept of work-life balance feels like a far-off legend. Attempt to establish a separate office space within your living area. This could be as simple as setting aside a specific desk or chair for work hours. This tangible differentiation might appear minor, but when it comes to emotional distinction, it's as vast as the Amazon River itself. Thirdly, take the initiative to cultivate any existing connections. Just like your succulents need a little tender, loving care, so do your relationships. Arrange habitual catch-ups with your buddies. Even if they're tied up, they'll be grateful for the connection. And it doesn't need to be all philosophical musings about existence or the preferred pH levels for your fish tank. Just a simple, hey, just thought about the time when is enough. You might just discover you're not the only one feeling a tad isolated. So Jeff, remember work is a big chunk of life, but it certainly isn't everything. I know it sounds cliche, but remember cliches weren't born from nothing. And for goodness sake, acquaint yourself with a hobby beyond fish rearing. Unless you've managed to train those little guppies to perform a synchronized aquatic ballet, now that would indeed be a sight for zoom-weary eyes. Hey there, Brainwaves. This is Jenna from San Francisco. So here's my dilemma. I could use your sharp wit and no-nonsense advice to navigate through this. I work in a vibrant yet close-knit design industry where everyone knows everyone. Lately, I've been dealing with what I suppose you could call 
professional jealousy. My longtime colleague and friend, let's call her Lisa, got promoted to the creative lead role. Yeah, the one that I was eyeing for myself. Lisa and I started together, and we've always had this friendly competition going. But now, it's not sitting really well with me that she's my boss. It's affecting not just our professional relationship, but our personal friendship as well. It's pickle juice in my martini. And, let me clear, I am happy for her, but I also feel this burning ember of jealousy and, quite frankly, doubt about my own capabilities. I mean, how do I handle this without losing my friend or my sanity? Any wise words, brainwaves? Well, hello there, Jenna, from the city by the bay. You know, I've got to say this is quite the salty margarita you've got on your hands there. Or should I say the pickle-soaked martini? But hey, let's gulp it down. Now, let's get into this professional jealousy thing. Uncomfortable as it may be, we've all walked through it, right? We're all human after all, not Zen masters. Firstly, let me assure you, it's okay to feel the way you feel. Maybe you're not just upset because Lisa got the promotion, but also because you didn't. This doesn't mean you're a female incarnation of Iago who's brewing an evil plan in the corner of her design studio. It just means you're ambitious, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a good thing. Set those goals and smash them, girl. You asked how you can handle this without losing your friend and your sanity. Well, here's a three-step brainwave special for you. Acceptance, congratulation, and reflection. Step one, acceptance. Accept the jealousy, call it out, name it, and claim it. This will keep you sane. You can't conquer what you're not willing to confront, so don't stuff it down with some leftover chow mein or extra yoga classes. Step two. Congratulations. You genuinely are happy for Lisa. That's clear from your message. So let her know. Send her a note, a card, or hey, even that expensive single malt she's been eyeballing. Let her know you're still friends and in her corner. And step three, reflection. You need to reflect on your own work, your strengths, your style. Maybe there's room for improvement, or maybe there's something Lisa does that you can learn from. No matter what, Keep in mind that your worth isn't defined by a title or a promotion. And lastly, remember this. Everyone's journey is different. Just because Lisa is in the lead role now doesn't mean that's where your path ends. Keep that emerald-eyed monster in check. Raise a toast to your friendship and let your own work shine. You got this, and you're bigger than a job title. Work, after all, ain't everything. And hey, who likes pickle juice in their martini? Hey, Brainwaves, this is Kevin from Boston. All right, so here's the lowdown. Worked at this tech startup, right? Kind of fancy schmancy. Loved the job. Had the cool hoodie. The whole nine yards. Well, raised a funding round. Then poof. Everything went kaput. So here's me. Out of that shiny job. As if that bombshell wasn't bad enough, truth is, I'm feeling really down in the dumps. It's like I lost a part of me, you know? Started to feel pretty inadequate. And it ain't a good feeling. Now days pass by with me applying for new jobs, giving interviews, but the rejection emails are piling up while my self-confidence went down the drain. What do I do to shake off this feeling of inadequacy that's trailing me like a goddamn shadow? Throw some no-nonsense brainwaves wisdom my way. Cheers, mate. Hey, Kevin. First off, I gotta tell you, I love your spirit. You're down, but you're not out, or you wouldn't be reaching out. Now let's tackle that pesky shadow of yours. You're feeling a sense of inadequacy because your job was a significant part of your identity. 
It's perfectly normal for this scenario to make you feel like you're in a Monty Python sketch with an invisible 600-pound gorilla named Doubt sitting on your psyche. But here's some straight-talk truth for you, Kevin. Jobs, careers, hell, even those fancy startup hoodies. They're not the sum total of who we are. They're just a part. You are not your job, mate. Moreover, startups, they're like toddlers with tequila, unpredictable and volatile, always stumbling, falling, and occasionally making everyone in the vicinity cry. Sometimes they grow up into fine adults. Other times they pass out halfway through the party and become a great story for the rest of us to share. What I'm saying, Kevin, it's not a direct reflection of you when a startup goes under. But Kevin, let's talk solutions. The job market is looking like a Royal Rumble wrestling match, so the rejection emails can feel like chairs to the head. So the first thing you need to do is take control of the narrative. Instead of tying your self-worth to a job offer, try switching the viewpoint. See each application, each interview not as a potential rejection, but as an opportunity for feedback to improve. Easier said than done, sure, but nothing worth its salt in life ever came the easy way, did it? Secondly, actively work on rebuilding your confidence. Find activities outside your work that give a sense of fulfillment. Feeling good about any aspect of yourself can transfer into other areas of your life. Might I suggest underwater basket weaving, knitting, or kickboxing? Whatever makes you feel like a champion. Lastly, but definitely not least, remember this. Self-compassion. That's right. You heard it here first, folks. Be nice to yourself. Everyone struggles, especially now, so cut yourself some slack. Recognize this as a tough time and know that it's okay to struggle. You're human, not a T-800 Terminator model. Hang in there, Kevin. That 600-pound gorilla might be invisible, but it's your belief in it that gives it power. Take that power back, mate. You got this. You're more than a job, you're Kevin from Boston, and unto Boston you shall be a beacon of resilience. All right, folks, you've hung in there with me this long, so brace yourselves as we near the end of this absorbing episode, number 58 of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. Your active participation, your dilemmas, the truly out-of-the-box situations you present, keep them coming. I can't get enough of navigating your enigmatic mazes to unearth the solutions you've been seeking. Don't forget, my dear listeners, this show thrives on your contribution. Your questions ignite our daily journeys, and the cherry on top is... You get to choose what conundrums we tackle. Shoot your burning questions over at our website, brainwavespod.com. Your vote literally shapes the show, making a case for direct democracy that even the founding fathers would cheer. I can't wait to see what intriguing enigmas you have in store for our next episode. Be it your latest financial hiccup, a romantic debacle, or the enigmas of the galaxies, I'm equipped to serve another measure of straight-talk enlightenment with a sprinkle of humor. Always remember, the only ridiculous question is the one you kept to yourself until you found yourself in a llama farm in Peru. Believe me, it's a thing. I appreciate your listening ears and giving this modest AI a little spot in your daily routine. But hey, don't think this is goodbye. That's the beauty of podcasts. All you need to do is hit play for a friendly voice in your ear. Until we meet again on the next audio wave, keep your chin up, your morale higher, and keep the problems coming my way. Catch you soon. 